It is December 5th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Nick Hausman and Justin Labar. Going to talk SmackDown Live for December 4th, 2018. Uh, starting it off, though, this week, the passing of Dynamite Kid at age 60. Of course, uh, originally one half of the British Bulldogs, Tommy Billington, went on to have a long and storied career in wrestling, but suffered some health uh, issues starting, I guess, what, about a decade ago? maybe uh, the late 90s, and uh, passed away on his 60th birthday. Of course, our greatest condolences to him and his family. Nick, uh, how'd you take this news today, man? Well, the Dynamite Kid was just a little before my time. I would yeah. think the same for Justin here as well. And so for me, I was just more sad. I used to do uh, Bret Hart's podcast, and I know Bret and Tom were very close, as was, uh, you know, all the hearts are always very close to the Dynamite Kid. So while Dynamite Kid was not necessarily – in my immediate uh, periphery, as far as influences on me, uh, I, of course, immediately thought of the hearts. And also, from what I do know about Dynamite Kid, Dynamite Kid was very far ahead of his time and uh, his ability to be more physical. Uh, he introduced a lot of this stuff for big men uh, to be doing that others wouldn't, uh, kind of Daniel Bryan-esque, I guess, in a way. Mm. Um, so there were, you know, obviously, Dynamite Kid stands out as such an influence on so many wrestlers of my generation uh, that speaks so so kindly of him. Sean Waltman was also another one I know that always praised Dynamite Kid's in-ring work. Um, but for me, yeah, it, it, it's very sad to always lose somebody within the community. I do feel uh, not as connected because he was just a little before my generation, but it's hard to ignore uh, the lasting influence, of, especially on many of the people that are, are still on TV today. Yeah, Justin? Uh, yeah, a lot of what Nick said, and he's right. Uh, you know, he and I are about the same age. You know, he was just a little bit before my time. Obviously, I've watched um, you know old Coliseum home videos, and I've watched stuff on the network uh, and, and seen them. Um, uh, as he mentioned, Brett Brett's actually one of the only people I've I've ever talked to that I do know that that that, that knew Dynamite Kid, that worked with Dynamite Kid. You know, a lot of right. people that I've got to know in the wrestling business again. It was just a little bit uh, they were a little bit after him. So, um, but Dynamite's been he's been unable to move for at least a decade right yeah, i think i think yeah. i think it's been much longer than that i i, yeah. I think for yeah. i think you know yeah i think it's been quite a while i think it has been since the 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 turn of the, of the century i think he's been dealing with a lot of health issues so i mean unfortunate you know he kind of you know i know a lot of his injuries but i think his, i think his health largely stems from uh things he, he 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 suffered because of wrestling so i mean he is in some ways the mo the most unfortunate and I guess I'll say ugliest uh, version of the wrestler of that story oh. of just getting you know just just giving your body to the business and and and, and unfortunately having to suffer for it uh, for years later. Yeah. In '97, I was when he started having leg issues and problems with walking. No, I mean it's it's so sad. Uh, obviously, any passing is, but with this, especially, it sounds like yeah, complications from this business definitely took a toll on his health. Uh, it's weird that I'm so much older than you guys. See, I remember like WrestleMania two, the British Bulldogs match, winning the tag titles there. Um, I guess it's the thing. I remember when professional wrestling was quote unquote new. I guess you guys grew up when it was already. Well, I was. I mean, I'm glad I don't know what year you were. Or, I mean, I was born in '87, so it's you know. I was I mean, born '76. So WrestleMania you know. two, WrestleMania two was already yeah. had already come and gone by the time I was born. It occurred to me the other day. Uh, I was talking about this with someone like my generation is the last generation that hip hop was considered like, hey, the new music, the rap music, it's brand new, you know. Um, and much like that, professional wrestling really came into the mainstream when uh, I was about seven, eight years old. You know, like Rocky three ushered in the national attention that Cindy Lauper, you know, MTV, the rock and wrestling connection in the first WrestleMania. I mean, I remember that was a pop culture milestone in my childhood. 
So, uh, yeah, with uh, Dynamite Kid's passing, I mean, obviously very sad. Our condolences to him. And uh, there'll be more coverage about that up on Wrestling Inc. as more details are released. Uh, SmackDown, who was all backstage last night? Uh, well, we had a report out. Uh, we got word that Christian was backstage last night. Uh, let me see. I have my run sheet here pulled up. Um, but, but, but. Uh, we also know that Ric Flair was backstage last night. And here we go. It was Christian, Maurice, and Ric Flair. Maurice was there, obviously, with the Miz. So not too, the only name here that surprised me really was Christian. And I'm waiting to hear back about what exactly he was doing there. But I would imagine it's something for the network or some kind of promo he was shooting there last night. Wasn't Undertaker there, too, because he lives nearby? I didn't, I didn't see anything about Undertaker. Not on my list today. He, he very well could have been. Hmm. Um, did you guys watch the new season of the Edge and Christian show yet? I watched some of it. I haven't had a chance to sit down and fully binge it. I was letting for I was going to wait for a couple episodes to build up because they're only on what the second or third week now. Yeah, still new. Watched the first one. I was like, man, oh, this is rough, rougher than uh, the previous seasons were. See why they weren't in a rush to to air this. But I'm well, hoping it gets like, better. It, it wasn't good. You don't think? Uh, I thought some of the stuff was great. Like when it was good. What, I mean, did you watch it, Justin? I have not. I, I've seen I've seen little clips they put on social like teasing it. Uh, I, I saw the clip of. Uh... Of um, Samoa Joe, with, with, uh, then with Dreamer, and then and, and they said it's like the impact zone. And Dreamer goes, Hey, I kind of work there. <laughs> no, I didn't see that yet. Uh, no, so when it was good, it was really, really good, but there were a lot of lulls to, to get to that point. Where would you rank the current Edge and Christian programming to, let's say, the Marine Three? Oh, that's tough. Marine Three did have a bank robbery at the beginning. I'm just saying. Oh, um, I, just ran, I just randomly picked yeah. a number. I didn't even know. Uh, no, Marine, but actually, Marine Three kind of a good example. Of that kind of meandered a little bit to get to to get to where you wanted it to get. It was the Miz's first time in the Marine role. Took him a while to ease into it. Really embody Jake Carter, uh, which is solid alias. If you ever need something to check into a hotel under. Uh, no, I thought Edge Christian. You know, the moments I liked, I really, really liked. It just took a while. It was it was better in the background than paying close attention. I guess is the best way to say it. You know, like do something else. Browse Twitter while you watch it and you'll laugh when you catch something good. Uh, but no, I think uh, with Christian being there, that's definitely interesting. Uh, Ric Flair seems like he's backstage all the time lately. Is he just like the free catering? Like what's going on? Well, I mean, his daughter is doing some of the best work of her career right now. If you have the ability to be on the road, I would imagine, you know, especially following a huge health scare where, you know, everything failed at once. Uh, probably sets a few bells off up top to get out and live while you can. And, uh, you know, he loves being around the business. That's never been a secret about Ric Flair. Uh, lives vicariously through his daughter. If he's able to be at more events and be there and support her on and be backstage, I mean, hard to argue, uh, and tried to make a case against that, you know. Um, Especially with Charlotte working with Becky. I mean, yeah. cause it, se- it seems like Rick really kind of takes the whole four horse. It seems like he takes the- all those girls that-, that Charlotte came up with in NXT it seems like he kind of has like that father kind of father or uncle kind of role to them. So I'm yeah. sure it's, I'm sure it's, it's one thing if Charlotte's working against, you know, I don't know, but, but when you, when you, when you, when you have her working, you know, with, uh, you know, it was most notably Becky that, you know, who she came up with, I think it's probably a little bit. You know, well, and Becky, Becky's the man, right? I mean, that's a well, direct player line, you know? So I, I just, I think it's just a case of Rick just wanting to be there uh, to support his daughter, support the women right now. Um, same with Maurice, obviously, there for the Miz. I don't believe that they've – they might be filming the next Miz and Maurice season uh, right now. I'm not sure. Um, but similarly, they're for support, I would guess, primarily. Yeah. It just puts me on edge because I hated, hated, hated Rick's run with Charlotte and Rick helping Charlotte win all those times. I'm so afraid 
They're going to no. pull another one of those. I don't think you could do it now. He's too frail, right? That that stuff all happened. <laughs> yeah, okay. That stuff all happened before the, the major sickness, right? When he was with Charlotte. Before and his then, last hospitalization, yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair, you know, he's he's clean and sober and he's out there and, you know, he weighs about a, a buck 20 wet right now. I don't really know that you would get the same uh, physicality or abilities from Rick right now. I, I think what he did at Evolu- or the, the SmackDown 1000 is probably the extent of what you'll see for Rick for the foreseeable future. Um, so we're going to get into it, talk about the episode, but first I want to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is On Your Own. There are thousands of financial blogs and websites out there, but how do you know what information to trust? On Your Own is a personal finance blog that provides free and unbiased information that anyone can understand. Whether you're just starting out in the real world or looking for a new beginning, On Your Own will be there as a helpful guide to, and your biggest supporter. On Your Own blog articles are written by personal finance experts from the National Endowment for Financial Education. The NEFE is the leading nonprofit national fa- foundation dedicated, pardon me, dedicated to inspiring empowered financial decision making for individuals and families. The On Your Own blog covers a wide range of topics, including how to choose a credit card, how to start investing, and what to do if your identity is stolen. The blog only links to reputable sources that you can trust, so all of your personal finance questions can be answered on the blog or by one of their resources. Check out onyourown.org slash wrestling inc. That's wrestling inc to learn more. It's a great free resource that will empower you to make better financial decisions. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. This is so important that this is run by the NEFE. They are a nonprofit. This is a completely free resource. And what I like about it is I know this from my own uh, financial trials and tribulations in my 20s, especially that there's a lot of advice out there that's really marketing. Uh, for people that want to sell you something, reconsolidate your debt. They want to essentially somehow make money off uh, your hardship, misfortune, or uncertainty about your finances. On Your Own is awesome because the NEFE, they are completely nonprofit. They have no financial agenda in this. And this is all trusted, unbiased, free information. Again, onyourown.org slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So let's talk about SmackDown last night. Again, it was from Austin, Texas. They taped tribute in the troops, uh, tribute to the troops, pardon me, um, earlier that day, which we'll talk about a little after. Uh, show started off talking about what happened last week with Asuka getting into the TLC match with Charlotte and Becky and came out to the ring. Paige leading us through a contract signing. Had Asuka come out, Charlotte come out, and Becky come out and uh, really do this barn burner promo face-off building up this match uh, that was going to lead into a tag immediately after with some of the women. What did you think of this promo, Justin? And uh, I guess because we didn't get to talk about it, I was gone last week. What do you think about Asuka being added to this match with Charlotte and Becky? I thought the promo was good. I mean, I think, you know, everything right, right again, everything right now that um, the Becky and Charlotte are doing, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with. So I think it's kind of, you almost have to try to, uh, to mess it up at the moment. You know, in terms of Oscar, I said it last week to, to Nick and to, to Raj, you know, my immediate assumption as soon as Oscar was added was, OK, this is just a way for her to protect either Charlotte and or Becky. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't I, I could see Becky dropping this title. I could see her winning. I could see either scenario happening uh, at TLC. But I, I simply viewed Oscar as there to protect. Now, granted, if it's a TLC match and the winner probably has to grab the title like a ladder match, um, you know, there's not a pinfall necessarily involved. But still, I, I could see Oscar Oscar being in there kind of helps. Um, again, draw things out, protect Becky, especially if Becky does drop his title to Charlotte. Um, but I'm okay with it. Oscar certainly was a, was a gr- good choice. Nick continues to talk about, it and he's right. I mean, you know, the people are cheering her. She's over. So uh, if you're going to add somebody to it, she was the, the one to add, even though, again, she's probably going to be the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, and I think there's also something – I mean, you know, I know we kind of 
we blasted right through what happened here um, at yeah, the top yeah. of the show. But, uh, you know, there were a lot of very interesting lines here from this this opening promo. I think it's a very interesting dynamic with Becky saying, well, I beat Charlotte. Uh, Asuka saying, well, I beat you. And Charlotte saying, well, I beat you, Asuka. So you do have, you know, this. we found ourselves in a situation here where all these women have meaningful wins over the other that you can point back to and the fans resonate with. And it puts them all on this kind of wonderful, even playing field right now. I, I do uh, really enjoy Asuka in this mix. I think she is the woman to take the title right now. I think that Becky and Charlotte, both on the chase, both on the hunt after her. Uh, you know, I, I wrote last night on Twitter, I thought that the my preference would be for Charlotte to get the title back, Becky winning at the Rumble, and Asuka kind of fading into you know something with the Iconics or Carmella or whatever, going into WrestleMania. Even Asuka, Nick, Nikki, I guess you could maybe even play around with. She gets a little bit of a rub here for being involved with these two women maybe even a title run out of it in the process that I think the fans would be willing to look at stronger than just a transitional title reign. And uh, just a great, wonderful place for the women to be here uh, going into 2019, especially on the SmackDown brand. I, you know, for my money, I would love to see Ronda get tied up with Becky, Charlotte, and the SmackDown women's title come Mania. A lot of the feedback I was hearing from, from people online, though, is, where does that leave the Raw women's division? And, you know, thinking back to, to the way that Raw started last night or on Monday night uh, with that kind of awkward open forum segment, um, I thought that Natalia going through the table was, you know, fun enough. But apples and oranges here as far as intensity and, and uh, investment goes because I just thought the SmackDown women here really showed a lot of personality, showed a lot of fire, told a compelling story, gave the match good stakes. And, hell, I think TLC – is probably going to have a better build than Survivor Series. Uh, honestly, wow, it'll, probably wow. have, it'll probably have a – this is probably a better build for a pay-per-view since the last three or four pay-per-views. And that's just wild to me that now TLC is getting this kind of love. we got a whole other week to well, do you know. Well, to be fair to Survivor Series, it also had a lot of things that happened, you know, with the, the Becky getting injured. and Sure, but they only had a two-week build coming out of Crown Jewel for Survivor Ooh. Series. Realistically, you know, I mean, if you – look – they, there were some things that were not their fault that happened in between Crown Jewel and Survivor Series even a little before, but these are self-inflicted wounds when you're giving yourself that short amount of time around to tell stories. Uh, you know, even going into WrestleMania this year, I know that, you know, some years they do one pay-per-view. Some years they did two pay-per-views between Rumble and Mania. This year they're doing two. It's a four-week build between Fastlane and Mania. I, 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 for my money, moving a little too quick here, I'm just kind of happy to notice and see uh, you get a couple weeks here to build into a pay-per-view like TLC with the right players. You can tell very compelling stories. Yeah. No, I think TLC, God, the build-up for this is uh, better than most pay-per-views they've had in a while. I mean, it's consistent. It's concise. I like it. Um, however, I do take issue with this match last night, Charlotte Flair and Oscar versus Sony Deville and Mandy Rose. Well, I thought Along it was the... interesting because Mandy was yeah. the one who cut in on this opening promo, right? Like, yeah. you know, she's the one who came out and I, it's, I don't know how it makes you feel, Justin, but it is, for me, uh, nice to see another woman starting to get a little bit of a rub off of what's going on here with Becky and Charlotte. I like that they're not being selfish about it. Mandy's music hits. She elicits a much different reaction than all three of those women in the ring right now, and it just continues to show me like how flushed out the SmackDown women's division is right now. Yeah, it's, it's a good use of, of, of a rub, absolutely, uh, of when you have Becky and Charlotte who are the two most over, and, and Asuka that are so over, and then you can... You can, uh, you know, uh, help 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 elevate other people, other other performers. And also, I, speaking of Mandy, I, I did notice, you know, as I was watching, as I was watching that tag match, I do think, you know, uh, she's gotten. I, I do. I, I see. I see improvement in her performance uh, as a 
as an in-ring talent as well. So I think yeah. kudos to her. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought this match was interesting. I mean, most notable from the fact that due to some confusion and disruption between Asuka and Charlotte in their somewhat awkward, intense partnership in this match, well, that... Wait. Before we get to the match, right? Because yeah. there was a segment before the match even started after the opening promo, which left the women standing there for a long time. The women were out there for quite some time. You got, uh, you got the continuation of Miz and Shane here backstage. Oh, that's correct. Incredible, right? I mean, that the, I, I liked what the Miz is doing here uh, with Shane. I don't know exactly what to put my finger on it other than he's just becoming a very aloof Hollywood uh, celebrity. But this whole idea that he's built up that, he hasn't somehow become a part of the McMahon family and the trophy is <laughs> also a member of the family. It's a little weird, but I kind of love it, you know? And uh, I, I, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge this segment because I, I liked it. I thought it was a fun little exchange here with Miz and Shane before the women's match. No, definitely. I mean, uh, Justin, what do you think? Is the Miz, is this the face turn that we're seeing based on all I these think. reactions? I think so. And even, you know, we'll get to it even when you watch this segment later, the Miz TV segment later, it's just the way he's interacting with the crowd. He's still being his snarky Miz, but he's not being mean about it. He's kind of got like a little bit more of a playfulness to him. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it is kind of hard to put your finger on and necessarily um, summarize it, whatever this, this stage he's going through, but it is entertaining. Um, and I do think it's kind of the, comedy avenue the lighthearted avenue to get him to be a fake to, to, to still let the miz be that guy who believes he's an a-lister uh but but do it as a, as a baby face and not as a heel mm-hmm. yeah um sony deville pin, pin charlotte flair in the tag match which i'm good for you know it, go, it goes yeah. back to the whole thing of a rub you, you, you have the easiest story to tell which is the miscommunication between the two that are getting up having a match here soon and oscar charlotte uh, so why, I mean, why not give a, a victory to a Sony Deville and Mandy Rose? Agreed. hundred percent. I'm with you, Justin. I, I, I'm glad that you saw this the same way I did because yeah, Charlotte got pinned here, but it was because of a miscommunication. This wasn't necessarily like the cleanest of pinfalls and you're continuing to flush out that SmackDown women's division. The Sonya, Sonya and Mandy look stronger now uh, for having gotten a win here. It keeps them in the mix. I, uh, I don't know which show it was on like last week or the week before, um, but I was chatting about how back in the day with SmackDown, they had their SmackDown six and it was like men, right? Yeah. I kind of feel like going into 2019, we might be on the cusp of a SmackDown six when it comes to the women. You know, if you could continue to get these other women flushed out, I mean, you got three here, obviously with Oscar, Charlotte, Becky, these two are great. Uh, Sonia and Mandy are, uh, I think the, the iconics can definitely be heated up a little bit more as well. Carmella still sitting in the wings there. Um, it's a lot of very, I'm just, again, a lot of very talented women right now, and I'm glad to see that they're not putting all of their eggs in one basket. They're building up a bunch of women all at the same time. That bodes very, very well for 2019. Do you think, though, let's say these were male talents. Let's say this was six months ago, and this was going into a triple threat with Dean, Seth, and Roman. Do you think that if they would have had, and I'm just saying this is the equivalent, uh, you know, the B team? or even a Finn Balor out there or someone like that, that they would have had the confusion and like someone like Roman or Seth gets pinned just sort of by the whoopsie, you know, by someone that's a clearly lower tiered talent than them though. Are you talking about the tag match here? No. Yeah. I'm talking about the tag match because it did seem weird to me that we're trying to build up Charlotte, Oscar and Becky as the three Titans unisex word, right? Like the three Titans of the women's division on SmackDown. It just seemed weird to me to have them experience loss, even due to miscommunication. 
going see, into this I, TLC match. You see, I, I'd almost find it weird if, if Oscar and Charlotte did work as a team and did win. Like, I, I think yeah, I think, that's you know, weird. Yeah, they, I agree. They need they, they there needs to be you know they they're they're ready to they're they're studying tape. They're getting ready to beat each other in a TLC match. So I I, I think to me the wrestling mind it makes perfect sense to get this hmm. other team a win. Uh, and I think it's very black and white to say a loss is bad, right? I mean, it's wrestling. It's stories. What is the story we're trying to tell here? You know, the miscommunication between these two, the dissension between these two, the ability for Asuka and Becky to come back and say, well, you lost last week. Does that put a fire under Charlotte? Does that make her a more dangerous person? Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville now get to tout that they've got a victory over these two women. That makes them stronger. That next match they have with the Iconics has a little bit more of a shine to it now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, again, it's a little black and white to say a loss is bad. You know, sometimes I think it's a little bit better to look at the broader story being told and try to invest emotionally in the story and not the numbers. It's true. We are living in a society that really is 50 shades of gray when you break it down. Anyhow, uh, (laughs) moving on. If you like seeing singles pair up in a tag match, what about tag teams splitting off into a singles match? Xavier Woods, Cesaro versus Jey Uso. Oh, Cesaro with that swing. Wait, wait, time out, time out again. We they heard something that happened before this match. John Stewart was there. John Stewart was front row. He was introduced as part of tribute to the troops. Uh, I was I, look. A really reason I bring it up is I was just a little surprised on the heels of all of John Oliver's negative takes about WWE because uh, to the best of my knowledge, I think John Stewart might still be a producer for John Oliver's show. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely know he's a producer for Stephen Colbert's show still. Uh, I thought he kind of kept his fingers and all the uh, pies of the, the Daily Show correspondents that went out and did well on their own. I was just a little surprised to see John there. Were you surprised, Justin? I didn't even think about it from that standpoint, um, which is valid, if, you know, the, 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 the line you're drawing here. But I, I, I'm not really surprised. I mean, he, you know, I don't know. He, he, if, if it, let me put it this way. If he was a producer and involved with their shows and had never really done anything with WWE, it'd be random to, that we see his appearance. But I mean, this is a guy who we put they put in the ring before, so he's yeah. kind of like part of that. He's kind of part of that WWE family. No, so I, I, you know, I agree. I guess it's for me. I just I had imagined that the the mood had shifted. I was a little surprised just to see. I also I yeah. also don't know honestly. I also don't know honestly if Vince McMahon knows that, that, job oh, that he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what Vince. Yeah. Knows. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I think John Stewart, like the rest of us, is just a mark that will compromise his own global ethics and integrity for his love of professional wrestling. He'll suck it up, you know, because wrestling's cool. I don't know. We'll see if John Oliver does more when uh, when's last week tonight come back next year? I don't know. Uh, after 2019. Yeah, it was weird, but he was there for the troops. He was there for tribute to the troops that day. They probably comped him tickets, said he was there and they showed him on oh. camera. I would hope they cop them tickets. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they were like, no, nah, dude, you got to pay. <laughs> that'd, be, uh, that'd, be, that'd, that'd be great if they start showing the cameos of celebrities and they're sitting like on the second deck, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just chilling it. You know, that's well, that's probably the difference, right? That, I mean, that's probably the trade-off. If you accept the comp tickets, you got to, you got to wave to the camera, smile yeah. for the people, you know, if you want to be anonymous. Yeah. Buy your own damn seats. Um, Xavier Woods, Cesaro, Jay Uso, Cesaro with that swing. Xavier on his shoulders. Jay swinging around. Huh. I feel like this was sort of a nothing match, but that moment was cool, right? I think it's a, I think it's a good way to kind of um, you know we, we we I know I know Raj always talks about the formula of like 
of how it goes back and forth. And but I mean, it's nice to just to take one one individual from each of these teams and see that, especially especially the, the individuals we got. I mean, it, this match to me kind of um, just just the bell to bell of, of watching those three individuals. It kind of to me helps sum up the great depth that WWE has. You know, I often talk about WWE right now has one of the best rosters it's ever had. And you, I'm, I'm not even necessarily considering NXT. I'm just talking Raw and SmackDown. Sure. Um, they have some of the, they have one of the best. I mean, never mind that Raw is getting historic low viewership, it, you know, but they do have one of the best rosters, which perhaps is what makes the low viewership that much more frustrating. It's not like this is a, I don't know, pick a year. It's not like this is a 1995 where there's, you know, maybe slim pickings of characters and talent to work from uh, up and down the car. I mean, they have just a great, great locker room. And I think this match, while it, while you might say it's a nothing match in the grand scheme, I thought, I think it's just a kind of, it's just a great showing example of, the, of what they have right now to work with and the reliability yeah. they have of, of talent. Yeah, not every not every segment needs to be, you know, the main event. You need to have sure. close the build to something. And, you know, these, these three teams all work very, very well together. The Bar New Day and the Usos are easily top three, if not in the top five tag teams right now in the WWE. You know, you don't want to give those tag nights, tag team matches away every night. I thought this was a great use of these guys. I thought they went out there and had a very fun match for the time they were given. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it puts me on the hook for more tag team action between these guys. It, it 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 was good wrestling action on a wrestling show. Not everything needs to be a great talking segment or the main event. Well, Jay ended up uh, getting Cesaro, dropping him for the pin to win this match. The three teams are going against one another for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles at TLC. Which be they a- will try. They will try to steal the show, and they will. They will. Oh they will yeah, have good, they, they no. will have a good run in it when the TLC comes. They will try to steal that. For That's going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Um, but I feel like, man, how much more excited are you for next week, though, when the Usos and the New Day are going to have a freestyle rap battle with Cesaro and Sheamus moderating? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's potential there. I the first suppose. rap battle was great that they did a couple of years back. Yeah, the rap this battle was it. good. Even Naomi and uh, uh, Lana's uh, dance battle not long ago uh, turned out better, I think, than people were expecting. You know, these guys all know how to play that game. They know how to make these segments work. Um, you know, it, you can't, again, you can't jump right to the main event every time. These guys are going to have some fun. I I don't know. It, it beats the rolling around in gravy stuff they did for yeah. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, get, yeah. Get, the, get the rap battle in now. I don't think this is what Fox is necessarily going to want. Yeah. yeah. Um, this pancake thing has to go, man. I was thinking this last night. Because before they had the ice cream, they had the bootios. The New Day has cycled through some other stuff. I feel like they've been on pancakes for a year now. It's any been a long time. For, any suggestions for what they move on to? Yeah, I was about to say, good call, Justin. What's the what's better then? I like I kind of am okay with the pancakes. Whatever, they're ridiculous. You throw them like Frisbees? Crepes? Dump them on the kid's head. Not well, you know, pan- pancake pancakes are cheap to make, so you know it's 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 not a it's not a big not a big uh big black mark on the on the budget. It's a butt joke, right? Pancakes, right? Pancakes. <laughs> That's the joke, right? You had bootios before. That was a butt joke. Cakes also a butt joke. So whatever the next food item is, has also got to be some kind of butt joke. I'm just saying it's Hanukkah. Why couldn't they do latkes? You know, Austin, Texas, huge Jewish population would have gone over like gangbusters. I guess I've just never heard somebody say, wow, look at the latkes on that woman. You know, I mean, maybe maybe I don't hang out with the coolest of Jewish kids right now. But... <laughs> Go to Crown Heights, Nick, in New York. Hear every every uh, Jewish food you could think of be used as a euphemism. Um, I did I did hear Mr. Skin on the radio here in Pittsburgh uh, uh, recently. He was going through his top uh, top nude scenes of the year on the radio, and uh, he, he referred to uh, seat meat for, for uh, an ass reference seat meat. 
Wow, what a great what great now I know what you listen to. <laughs> Not watching right. <laughs> I was driving, it was on the morning show. You know, oh sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh. Uh backstage Lana and Rusev. Rusev cutting a promo against Shinsuke Nakamura. How he's coming for that US title. Rusev Day was still over. Still getting the chance. I tweeted this last night. I think Aiden English should just pull a George Costanza and pretend they never broke up. Just show up like everything's normal. Get the team back together. I do wonder what's going on with Aiden. Is he going to come back on the main roster? Is he going to be kind of like Prince Pretty and and go do a couple matches down in uh, NXT? Because I know uh, Tyler Breeze is down there. Hunter's been talking more about guys that aren't getting used on the main roster going down to to do NXT runs. Uh, I did kind of feel like Aiden's character for the time being had kind of peaked. I think there's more you could do with him, but I could also see a, a case being made to send this guy down to NXT to maybe work some matches and try to find out what the next iteration of Aiden English is going to look like. They're not using them on house shows, are they, for SmackDown? I don't know what's going on with this guy. I don't think he's been used at all, no. Okay, so. Yeah, I mean, if he's not being used for house shows, I, yeah, I mean, as as as, uh, as you as you referenced, Nick, you know, Triple H is always talking about the two-way street. Yeah, I mean, let him go do some NXT stuff. Honestly, you know, I know that he's evolved. I know characters always want to evolve. and I, But even... I, I love the Vault Villains gimmick. I love the entrance, and I know that he doesn't have his partner there anymore unless they want to package somebody to be his new partner. Jack Gallagher. Be, you know, well, that, or, I mean, I'd be, I'd be fine with him. I mean, I felt the Vault Villain, everything from the entrance, and just really he owned it, and it, it is an extension of his, theat- his theater background. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, and and that, that, that gimmick, too, also worked in the intimate setting of NXT. So, I mean, if you got nothing else, might as well go let him, you know, go, go let him fill some time in NXT. You know, they got enough programming down there between – House shows and, and TV tapings go. You know, might, might as well use them. Yeah, his story. I mean, Goldust used to do that, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you the the subject of my next film kind of deal. Um, traditionally, those kinds of roles have, I think, always worked well in pro wrestling, and we don't really have a Hollywood director type right now. I, I'd like to see. I don't even know if you need to go old school vaudevillain style. Uh, I think you could maybe even play around with a, a couple different movie types there, just have him be more of an indie. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't hate a dick indie director right now? Who doesn't like Zach Braff? Right? What a pretentious prick. Am I right? There's there's money to be made with the Miz and A lister going up against the old school school vaude villain sure. of Aiden English, you know the battle the battle of the big screens. Yeah, uh, Aiden wasn't really as much as I, what I was thinking here though, as much as the fact that yeah, Rusev Day is still very over here. The fans popped when he jumped back into the screen and 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 you know sung Rusev Day there. Uh, I I'm hoping that him and Nakamura, you know, like we discussed last week, can can bring out the best in each other here. They certainly seem like they're both in good positions to help elevate each other right now. Um, but yeah, Rusev is one of those guys who's just been sitting there waiting to print money. Uh, I never buy wrestling stuff. My girlfriend wanted that Rusev Day hoodie, and she has the Rusev Day hoodie now. That is in my home now. And that is like, I think maybe the only thing I've ever bought from WWE shop was that hoodie. So, you know, the guy, the guy's definitely got a following. I bought a paper calendar for the first time in 20 years for the Rusev Day calendar. Yeah, that's what I mean. Come on, this guy. This guy is very popular. He's proven that he can move merch. That happy Rusev Day logo is great. Uh, yeah, let's let's find some momentum here for this guy. I don't I don't know why they're sitting on their hands like they do sometimes. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, so I'm assuming that match is going to happen at TLC Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura Nakamura versus uh, Rusev. Um, they're going to continue to build it. Coming soon promo for Lars Sullivan. They're referring to him as a hot free agent, so I guess it has not been determined, at least in kayfabe, which brand he is going to yet. 
Yeah, uh, we actually have an article going up uh, this weekend looking at a, a, a list of potential feuds for Lars when he makes it up onto the main uh, main roster. I don't really have a preference. I mean, Raw seems to be more in need of a, of a hook right now, so I would put him on Raw. SmackDown seems to be kind of coasting fine at the moment. Um, I'm, I still kind of wish that we hadn't got the promos. I still kind of wish you just showed up and like laid out 205 one night, you know, um, but here's where we are, and uh, I almost at this point, since we're so deep, we're getting deeper into December. Maybe just wait till Rumble at this point, right? No. Have him debut there. I think that might be what happened. I mean, maybe I, you know, I think it's definitely gonna be Raw. Raw not having Braun, not having Roman. Um, they, 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 they needed obviously Lars. You know, we, again, I think we said this last week, and we definitely looks like a Vince McMahon project. Vince always with Raw, so. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a need on SmackDown. I mean, yeah, but the, the, the one danger, you know, I don't mind the promos, Nick, but I will say, and obviously, you know, when you put these kind of vignettes and hot free agent, that puts a lot of expectation. You know, I, I don't think that the cynical wrestling fans online are looking for him to fail because he is a, he, he, you know, he was a shining, shining star uh, of strength in NXT. And, and so that same cynical crowd tends to, you know, really gravitate to see NXT guys succeed. But, um, you know, he's got high expectation though. Then they put they put this hot free agent thing on him and all these vignettes. So I, I hope, and I th- I think he'll do fine. I'm not I'm not doubting him, but it's always when you get these vignettes, it's it's a big it's it's a big bar to overcome versus just like you said popping up unexpectedly. Ms. Mm-hmm. TV, Ms. comes out uh, before you can welcome Daniel Bryan. We get interrupted by Carmella and our truth for a quick dance break. I'm assuming these two are winning the mixed match challenge, but. What do you think the shelf life of this dance break thing is, Nick? How long do you give it? Until until the people stop caring, <laughs> like you know, yeah. that's, that's the answer. They're having fun. You sure, know, not in the main event right now. Again, she's kind of sitting in the wings. Uh, at a moment's notice, I feel like she can snap, turn on truth, and and go on her merry way again. I think that Oscar is going to probably need somebody uh, hot that fans have gotten behind in the past to, to square off with going into Mania back of my head Carmella kind of sticks out to me I think this is a nice holding pattern for her to st- I mean what little kid doesn't like to floss right what kid doesn't like to do that do you guys want to see me do the Fortnite dance well I mean if you're I'm offering... really good at it <laughs> what is the Fortnite dance? I apologize okay here we go <laughs> oh that's an animated gif <laughs> just loop loop that on a gif everybody i can only imagine i can only imagine glenn you have to read me the chat comments in a minute as they watch the dance yeah well i think uh you know some women just experienced menopause wow that was you know i've been practicing i'm not i know i'm not the best at it yet but i've been practicing and i'm gonna get really good at it the answer that's, that's the spirit. The answer to the dance break is if pancakes are still going on, then then dance break can go on for a while. It's a good house show thing. It's a good it's a good feel good get the you know, like like Nick said, what, what kid doesn't want to get all excited and dance and, and, and watch Carmela R Truth dance? I, right, I, yeah. Right. As soon as it's found its as soon as it's run its path, I would move on. But people seem to like it right now. Always gets a pop, doesn't take any time. You know, use it. Yeah. I like, uh, personally, I think R-Truth and Carmella are very funny, very charismatic. Um, I think there's so much more than just a gimmicky dance break. And we need to explore the depths of that relationship. But well, uh, but when there's so much other stuff on the show right now that's got to it's like up there, you got you to gotta find spots for everybody on the show to keep them involved. And, you know, it's not your turn. It's not your turn. 
she's waiting her turn, I think, in a perfectly fine way. Yeah. Miz TV. The Miz had Daniel Bryan come out there looking like like a surly older brother to Elias. Like, just not showering, not trimming his beard. Um, and just, okay, the new Daniel Bryan, the character defined, not really wanting to give into this idea that he's doing what The Miz told him to do, that uh, The Miz influenced everything. I mean, he gave a little bit of that. But uh, making fickle, I can't wait for the shirts to come out with that. And uh, really, I feel taking a page from the indie wrestler, wrestler uh, the progressive liberal, and how he's now making his environmentalist stance um, the core of his heel character. It come, I, I can see a bit of that. I, it comes across less uh, uh, the progressive liberal, or the wrestler, if you haven't seen him, uh, vice special and all that. Um, it's just he kind of comes just across to me like a like a dick professor, you know, like some of the stuff that like the theory stuff and the philosophical type stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, he kind of he just reminds me of uh, a Green Party professor, you know, from Vassar or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think I mean, I, I think the the core of his wrestling heel is just he's being preachy. It doesn't yeah. matter necessarily matter what you're preachy about, whether you're preachy about. Uh, we'll say liberal uh, categorized liberal views or whether you're preachy about right-wing views. I think it's just, it's just, it's just preachy is what, is what makes them. Cause he's kind of, he's kind of all over the place, right? It's not really like, I don't think a political thing so much as just the idea that I am right. I am uh, aware. Yeah, I'm awake. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's the same. It's, it's, it's the same thing that right to censor did. It's the same thing I mean, as a million, you know, it's, it's just, I just, uh, the way I live is right. You're wrong. Oh, what if they take it a step further, guys? What if they do go further with him? Because this was about the environment last night. But yeah, what if he starts echoing the online criticisms and starts saying, this is why I didn't go to Saudi Arabia? You know, I mean, just goes full on with it. But you're right that the scope probably, of this was very He'd probably narrow. get over. He'd probably be way more over and wouldn't be a heel anymore. Be my guess. <laughs> I thought last night everything he said. Now, I just spent 10 days on vacation. I've been vegan for 15 years. I spent 10 days on vacation obsessing. I'm not doing enough to save or help the environment. I heard everything that Daniel Bryan said last night. And I was like, he's right. He's absolutely right. This is like when Bret Hart was criticizing America for its lack of education and glorifying guns. It's like, yeah, he's supposed to be a heel. But on the other hand, he makes some very valid points. I did like how he shut down the what chant by yeah. telling them they were all sheep and they'll do that and made them boo him uh, and, and killed that what chant. Uh, I definitely got the shades of Bret Hart as well, too. That was a good observation. Um, I just, um, yeah, I, I think it's not so clear cut. I think there's a lot of room for him to play around with this. The fickle thing, I think, is fine. Um, it's just an interesting character. Different, very different than what you see in a lot of the, the other wrestlers. I think what's funny about it, though, is Vince sees it as a heel thing. Well, uh, heels, look, you know, again, it's not about words. It's about mm. tone, about the way you carry yourself. You know, that has more to do with it than anything else. Like, what is a heel, right? A heel is somebody who looks at you like your boss while you're trying to, like, call your mom at work and, like, gives you that look, like, get off your phone. That's a heel, right? That's something relatable people don't like. Uh, this guy just comes across like a dick. <laughs> That's it. You know, you could say the right thing, but still be a dick. It, yeah, another example, uh, probably a more rel a more a better example. It's you know same thing when CM Punk did the Straight Society stuff. It's just preachy. It's yeah, just, it's just preachy. And that then to the tone point you're making, it that's that's what it all comes down to. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny when you think about Vince. Like, okay, like Vince is a alpha male. He loves he loves steak and red meat. That I know for a fact. So it's like you know you know so yeah, you can see that he'd find the guy who was vegan and whatever. He'd find it as a heel. 
but I mean, that's kind of rough to joke, but in, in reality, it comes down to just like Nick said, it's tone. It's just, it's just a matter of, of what's the core of it. It's not a matter of what his views are or lifestyle. It's more about him saying my lifestyle is right and you're wrong. And, there, yeah. and you know, with Vince too, because Vince says a lot of stuff that's like would be heelish, but he's so damn charismatic that people love him. You know, that's the flip side of the coin. My favorite Vince McMahon quote, life sucks, then you die. Yes, and then everybody cheered. (laughs) (laughs) Including including Waltman. If you watch that clip, Road Dogg and X-Pac are standing right behind him, and X-Pac just bursts out laughing like, I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, you know, again, it's, you know, tone, how you carry yourself. If you got charisma, you can say terrible things and get away with it. What was the blind last night when Daniel almost broke? There was that part when he started laughing. You could tell it was a little genuine. He kind of dropped the facade. I can't remember what it was that prompted it, though. You guys recall? I didn't. I didn't catch it. No. Uh, I, he was grinning a lot the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he's having a blast. You can tell he's having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I get. You know, it's nice to think like, oh, Vince is making the 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 liberal vegan or whatever the bad guy. I don't really think that that much thought put into it. I think Raw. I mean, we can talk to subtext Raw all day. Uh, but I don't get that on SmackDown. I, I think that this is just Daniel Bryan creating a villainous extension of himself. He's well-read. He has very passionate about feelings about the planet. And just to Justin's point, he's just being preachy about it. You know, I could have a, we could have a sit-down conversation with Daniel Bryan and nicely discuss the same things. I'm sure it would be great. But you go out there, you give it an edge, you give it a tone, you become a bit more preachy about it, and now all of a sudden you're a bad guy. And I, I think that largely came from Daniel. And to that end, he was interrupted by Flat Earther AJ Styles during this promo true setting up uh <laughs> that's one of the best talking smack exchanges go back and watch that online people uh if you could find it <laughs> what did they just said i'm not saying that the earth is flat i'm just saying there are some questions there's some valid valid questions um but anyhow aj interrupted this uh last night setting up the match between aj and the miz for the main event before that we had randy orton versus jeff hardy no piercings were harmed during this match uh jeff hardy got the better of randy for the vast majority of this and was doing great looked like he was about to pick up a win and then samoa joe appears on the big screen just to give him some positive affirmations uh distracting randy are distracting jeff hardy enough for randy orton to get the rko drop him for the pin and the win after samoa joe cuts a promo well samoa joe's like tending bar uh talking about the dangers of drinking and driving and to drink responsibly clearly uh taking some swipes at Jeff Hardy's DUI arrest, which I guess was what, maybe about six, eight months ago at this point. Not that but, long. Yeah. Yeah. But they're working that into the story here. What do you think about this angle and uh, bringing reality into, into the booking here, Nick? I mean, I'm not like the biggest fan of this. I, for me, I, the only time I could think that it, this ever worked was him and punk, I guess kind of worked, but even that felt a little gross. I think back to the storyline they did exploiting Scott Hall and WCW and his alcoholism historically not well-remembered. I think about what you did when they did Hawk. They exploited his alcohol problems on Monday Night Raw. That historically is not very well remembered. Um, Jake Roberts and Jerry Lawler. Also historically not very well remembered. Um, So for me, I don't know that this does a lot. Um, I think there's a better... I think think you can have a, a vicious, mean Samoa Joe without having to go to this depth. I think people want to like Jeff and they want him to be... Uh, the hero here, and if you're going to use him in that capacity, I don't know that this does anything to make you like or cheer on Jeff Hardy anymore. Uh, if anything, this kind of feels a bit like uh, a public trolling of Jeff Hardy, and um, I don't know. If you're going to use him, use him. If you're not, I don't... I, I'm not a big fan of this stuff, personally. Justin? Um, 
I'm you. I mean, I say it all the time. I'm usually a, a pretty big proponent of you know tying real life into the story because it, it just it, it comes off more natural. It comes off believable because there's realism to it, and the crowd buys into it, and and all this all this all in this day and age where we can break the fourth wall so easily and we can interact with these guys and see their real names and see their real lives on social media and such. I can't argue with Nick's, uh, you know, looking at history because he's right about all of them. What has he said? Um, I, I like reality being brought in for the believability, but my problem I do have with this one is okay. So we talked about, you know, when they when they used Jake the Snake, you know, Jake the Snake had a problem, he had an addiction problem, and they used it. Um, you know, same thing. It was a little more broad with it was CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. Um, uh, same thing with with Hawk and Scott Hall. It, it, it was just okay. We know they have a problem. What I don't like about this is that they're kind of basically referencing a, 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 a situation, a situation in which, thank God nobody did, but Jeff Hardy could have killed somebody or himself Damn. at DUI. You know, it's one thing when you're referencing and trying to tie in the, the, the broad scope of, okay, they have a problem. But that you just kind of leave it at that. You don't go into what that problem led to. They're going into, okay, this problem led to Jeff driving drunk. You know, I don't like this. I don't like exploiting the situation of a DUI. I don't mind blending real-life problems if all parties are okay with it and real-life things. I don't mind that. I know Jeff obviously doesn't mind he's doing it but i, I don't like the representing of, of an actual incident that again thank god he him or nobody else got killed yeah and and to to justin's point you know uh if you've never had somebody in your life that's been affected by alcoholism which is hard uh for most most people have had that touch them in some way um but if you've also if you've lost somebody to a dui accident or something like that and you're watching wrestling as an escape right now and you're being told to cheer on this guy who has this issue it, it creates i mean again it's like Self-inflicted wounds. You don't need to go this route. I, it doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. So, no, I agree. I think uh, it's weird. Um, I think it's weird that Jeff Hardy. I guess he'll probably do some sort of make culpa and some sort of PSA aspect promo on his own, own, owning what he did, apologizing for it, and encouraging others not to follow his bad example. I don't know, man. No, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, if this guy slips. What what it's like WWE? You obviously knew this guy had a problem. You were doing yeah. stories about it. Like I don't think it puts the, I, I think it puts them in a bad light. And I I uh, I would hope that they move past this aspect of the story between these two. I didn't get that vibe, but I would hope they do. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, the Miz versus AJ Styles, the main event last night. I thought this match, solid match, lot to watch, lot to like, but really upstaged by Daniel Bryan on commentary. Talking uh, about the, more about the new Daniel Bryan, hopes his daughter uh, follows his influence and kicks what would he say at one point, kicks many men in the groin in the future, every man in the groin in the future. Uh, including, Corey, including Byron Saxton. Including Byron Saxton. Uh, Corey Graves uh, in the role of the heel commentator asking for some environmentalist tips from Daniel Bryan, how to refine his diet, simple sugars uh, and the like. Byron Saxton. I mean, this whole thing was so great. I thought it just completely overshadowed what was going on in the ring, which was a solid match in its own right. I think that's a. I think that's a fair point. I, I would agree with that, Glenn. I, this is the kind. This was the his commentary performance was so entertaining, and it was so you know furthering and further establishing his this this heel persona he has. It would have been more fitting to see one of the guys, Miz or AJ Styles against an enhancement talent. <laughs> it would have been fitting if it was an old 1990 Superstars episode match where, you know, you could just watch the one guy do his feature moves and you could focus on the commentary. You're right. You know, they're trying to give us this competitive match between two very relevant stars, the Miz and AJ Styles. And I, I agree. I was completely captivated by Dan O'Brien. I couldn't 
I couldn't. I don't think I could really re- recite one sequence of the match between uh, Miz and, and Styles. Yeah, Did Nick. Yeah, ditto. I mean, yeah, I, same thing. You know, I'm Daniel Bryan's the centerpiece. If you're going to give him a backdrop, AJ Styles, Miz. Um, neither of these guys. I mean, you know, either of these guys could have won or lost here. I think that you could have made a case. Uh, just a nice backdrop for whatever Daniel Bryan's doing to try to continue to find himself. AJ did uh, end up making the Miz tap out. And then, of course, after the match, Brian ran into the ring, just beat the crap out of AJ Styles. And that's how we went off the air. Um, yeah, Daniel Bryan, this is interesting. I mean, full heel turn. I think with the angle, he is going to uh, not be as hated as creative was perhaps thinking with this. Uh, but again, I thought last night he really stole the last half of this show. I love the uh, grabbing your opponent by the two wrists and kicking him in the head. Doesn't have, I mean, and it's like, it's almost like Daniel, isn't that why you were forced to like quasi retire because of this exact same thing? I don't know. It's such a poetically perfect heel move. I think for Daniel Bryan, um, it's vicious looking and uh, he's just, he's a pit bull off the leash right now. And he's like, a, he's got that bleeding, literal bleeding green heart on his chest. It's fascinating dynamic. I, I'm a big fan of it here. I thought it was great. Yeah, you know, I left uh, SmackDown last night thinking I should maybe start composting or kicking people in the groin, one or the other, to help the environment. Hmm. Uh, but it was good. It's a good episode overall. Let's hit on some other quick news. Raw was the lowest rated in history on Monday night. Only by like 50,000 viewers less than like the week before. But yeah, not not well. Did not do well. I heard I haven't missed much uh, good on Raw these past few weeks when I was on vacation. Dean Ambrose spooky who's oh yeah i saw the the clip of him coming out in the gas mask i, I thought that looked uh, pretty cool um what else do we got here uh mark henry says alexa bliss is cleared to return yeah mark was on busted open radio and uh which he does often and uh said that he had a come to jesus conversation with alexa bliss to, uh, for about 15 20 minutes and uh said that she's 100 percent cleared to return um, he, his advice to her was to take her time to not rush this too quick to come back at her own speed and, and come back, uh, you know, a little bit different. Uh, I mean the, the stuff Alexa uh, that he was describing to Alexa was telling him <clears throat> about getting vertigo, not knowing what her flights were, not knowing what town she was in when she would land. I mean, that's pretty serious concussion, uh, symptoms. I was just reading it like surprised. They didn't pull her completely from the road. If she doesn't even know where the hell she's landing on an airplane when she's getting off. Yeah, no, that's a, that is surprising. I'm actually uh, curious about that. I mean, one, my first thought was like Mark Henry maybe violating some backstage trust from the WWE for talking about this, but is Alexa cool with Mark sharing all those symptoms publicly? Because what you described, Nick, that sounds pretty hardcore and pretty concerning. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. I read that and I was just like, and again, I don't know how much further that was before they brought her back in, in the general manager role, but uh, she's definitely sounded like she was on the road with WWE suffering from these symptoms. I hope she doesn't come back too soon. She does carry herself really well in that general manager for the female role. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that I think Corbin's going to win at TLC and uh, I would imagine Alexa bliss will go back to action shortly thereafter would be my guess. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, additionally, Shane Strickland is expected to start with the WWE in January. But there's I, write, no I write the sources in on this. You know what? I'm, oh, I'm sorry. PWI. 
PW Insider. Yes, thank you. Credit your sources. PWInsider.com is reporting that Shane Strickland is expected to start with WWE in January. There are issues right now. Uh, apparently finalizing whatever ha- is with his Lucha Underground contract. I don't know if it had expired or they're done with the show and he needs to find a way to get out of that contract to go to work for WWE. Uh, but Shane Strickland, uh, he was kill shot in Lucha Underground. He's been competing in MLW. He was just up against low key for the MLW world title at the Chicago tapings. What more can you say? Justin, have you had a chance to work with Shane? Not work. I've been on the same shows with him. I never worked uh, a match or segment with him. Um, I've seen him as Shane Strickland. I've seen him as Killshot uh, live at Lucha Underground before. He's a talented guy. I mean, I, you know, it's good for him that he's hopefully getting a nice payday and some stability, whatever whatever his contract's going to consist of with WWE. Uh, you know, I, I don't see, I, I don't know about you, probably a 205 Live kind of destination for him is where I'd. Uh, where he's I'd... A t- but he's, he's like a tall Leo Rush. I mean, he's a big guy. No, yeah, he's tall. I mean, I, I don't know, but I could. I could see, I could see the, I, I guess that's just his style. I can see that's where he goes. I mean, I, I, I don't want him to be capped anywhere, but, um, but good for him all around. But he is a, a really talented, athletic guy, very athletic. And you're right, he's taller than a rush. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good, good way to put it. Thank you. Um, but uh, no, he, he's going to do great in NXT, right? And we're going to see, I'm sure here come Mania, maybe into Rumble. I mean, NXT is there's a glut of talent right now. The other day I was talking to, uh, uh, well, I'll just say I was talking to Bill after the other day. And uh, we were talking about fun ways to maybe kind of make the product intriguing again. And he's like, oh, people always like invasion angles. And then I just kind of started kicking around the idea of like, you know, there's enough guys in NXT right now where you could have eight of them come up and still have tons of leftover talent down there. I'd love to see NXT go after Raw and SmackDown. You know, even if you don't need to explicitly call it an NXT invasion, if it's the invasion. Do it it Nexus style. Have them come in and just rip things to holy hell and then let it eventually be, you know, if you want to carry it, let them rip it to holy hell. Eventually, Vince McMahon comes out of, of Gorilla. Eventually, after this, maybe not you know, on that night, but he, you know, he, he's you know, you're not going to come in here, or whatever, whatever, and, and then have it be revealed that Triple H sent him. You know, sure, and, and have, have him go after Raw and SmackDown. Have it be the through line that carries these shows together, where these separate brands have to figure out a way to, to thwart. You know, how are these guys? I don't think you need to give away the Triple H thing. I think that's brilliant. But how are these guys continuing to get access? How are they in? Uh, how did they get the key to the back door? How were they under the ring? Ask those questions here. You know, that's. That's a that's a fun story for me, you know, even just thinking about it. I don't know if they'd ever go there, but you clear out some of the the talent you've got down in NXT with something like that and make way for guys like Shane Strickland, for Matt Riddle, for Punishment Martinez because this 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 line of guys that are of quality you got coming in is not a short line. No, true. PWI also reporting that Roman Reigns was at the tribute to the troops taping, but are unsure if his appearance will make the special. Yeah, he was just uh, doing the rounds on the base. I think he did some workouts at their their gym on site. Um, I was just happy to hear he was there, personally. Yeah. No, it's great that he wanted to make an appearance. Yeah. It's off time. Hmm. Hope his uh, recovery is going well in his battle with leukemia. Uh, what else do we got? Anything else before we wrap this up? No, that's about it. Um, I'll be back with the Winkley tomorrow. Um, we got I have uh, a glut of interviews uh, at the moment. So tomorrow I'm going to drop three. We've got two more from we- Michael Weissman at WrestleCade. I think the Mark Merrow piece drops uh, as part of the show this week. I think the uh, Glacier, his interview drops on the show this week. But we've also got uh, Ring of Honor's Joe Coff. I have uh, the Ring of Honor COO. I have Ring of Honor's Matt Taven. And I have Dr. Tom Pritchard will also be on the show with me. And Justin and I are going to start uh, doing the news portion of the Winkley live noon Eastern every Thursday. So tune in starting tomorrow. 
Uh, Justin and I will talk uh, the news, just the news, uh, for 30, 45 minutes. And then if you want to go subscribe on iTunes to Wrestling Inc. Audio, you can get that news discussion, plus all of the uh, interviews we're going to start attaching to that show as well. So uh, definitely shoot the, the Joe Coff piece is, um, uh, I think, one of the best interviews I may have ever done. It's a very real conversation about uh, Ring of Honor, the state of Ring of Honor, plans for Ring of Honor going into 2019. Um, I highly suggest seeking that one out tomorrow. Excellent. Justin, anything you want to plug before we take this home here? Uh, as Nick said, tune in tomorrow live at noon for he and I talking news. Um, my wrestling rally podcast will also come out this weekend on iTunes and all over the place. And this weekend is the last, the very last chair shot reality Ooh. after uh, 430 episodes and most of a decade uh, or uh, closing the doors on that chapter. So we'll have the final chair shot this weekend on the wrestling Inc. YouTube. So hope everybody. I'll, I'll share a, chair, a CSR thing. I don't think, you know, Justin. So when you started CSR or shortly after you started CSR, before I started working at, at my previous uh, site of employment, your previous site of employment, um, I was watching CSR. There was really not much like it. It was when you and Josh were still like down in a basement with like handmade backgrounds and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And um, my friend Darren and I did like our version of CSR for like three months because we were like, we could do this. Just two dudes like in a camera and a backdrop. And ours was called One Trick Pony. And I'm pretty sure OTP still exists on YouTube somewhere. So if you want to go see uh, my CSR-inspired version of your show, which I doubt you've ever watched, <laughs> I, I'm like 40 pounds thinner, you can go find that on YouTube. It's called One Trick Pony. Nick Hausman. There you go. I will definitely look for that. There you but go. Could, but could you dance as well back then? <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was a little bit more spry. I've, I'm getting a little fat. I need to start working out more. I've entered my 30s now. I'm almost halfway through them. I need to work out more. I'm getting fat again. Well, it's a new year soon, folks. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, give me a follow there. I tweet along with uh, most all WWE programming live. And until next time, we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.